This is the On All Cylinders Podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Your host for today is Summit Racing's David Fuller with special guest, builder and drag racer, Alex Taylor. Here we go. Hey folks, it's Dave. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the On All Cylinders Podcast. Uh, this week we have uh, our special guest is Alex Taylor as seen on YouTube, social media, Sick Week, Drag Week, Rocky Mountain Race Week. She's everywhere. Fortunately for us, she took the time out to join us here on the podcast. So Alex, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. 2021 obviously was quite a year for you, uh, building the 55 quest for the sixes, 55, and then going out and uh, actually putting it to the test. Is there something looking back over last year that is a highlight for you or is it just all one big blur? (laughs) Man, 2021 was like, it was a game changer for like everything that was happening. So it's hard to pick one special moment, but I think it would go back to, because like last year was just dad and I worked and worked and worked for, I think, six months straight, day and night. So building the 55 was like four months straight. Then we went into another build and built a challenger and that was just back to back. And so last year just seemed like a, like a ton of work, just all grouped together. We didn't, you know, leave the shop hardly. Um, and so I, I'd say probably the highlight that just like captures all that work into one was we did um, two drag and drive events back to back. They were two, like, 24 hour turnaround and uh, we finished third in the, the first one. And then we actually won the overall in the second one. And so that was kind of like the cherry on top that it was like, okay, that made, you know, every bit of work worth it. Not that the win was, you know, the only thing, but it was just like, it was, it solidified like all the work we had done. So I, I'd say those two moments were pretty encompassing. <laughs> Certainly would, would validate a lot of the, the hard work that you put in and those late nights and, uh, and it's funny, I mentioned off the top that the quest for the six is 55. We're going to get into that a little bit more in, in a bit, but you do mention some of these other things that kind of, I think they sort of popped up along the way. The challenger build, I know you did the, the hooky <laughs> challenge. So some of these events that sort of popped up along the way, uh, what was that like for you? How do you even manage to juggle all that? <laughs> Man, it's hard. Like something I wish I would have done last year was slow down a little bit and like enjoy those moments because there were so many unique moments that at the time was just a lot of hustle and bustle, like to get through it. But looking back, I'm like, man, that was really cool. I had the chance to go through my camera roll the other day, which was like 26,000 photos. I was trying to transfer to a new phone, which was a nightmare. But um, my, my point is like, I was going back and I was like, oh my goodness, I totally forgot I got to do that last year. So starting off, we started with the quest for the six is 55. Uh, we were working on it this time last year and then I had uh, the chance to work with Motor Trend and do um, a two-week filming for a show that they had done um, Hoopty World Championship it was a six-part series Um, and then like after that right after we got done with the 55 we went and, and Dodge and Motor Trend had a project for the Roadkill Nights powered by Dodge in Detroit and so they dropped off a brand new Challenger like you know, Hellcat, like everything that I wanted in a car, they dropped it off and told me I could destroy it. Um, Here's a budget, build it to race. And so like, there were so many projects that there was a lot of work that they encompassed, but I got to meet so many people and like just experiencing like so many things that, you know, you don't typically get to, it was all worth it. Like now I have this problem where I'm like, if I'm not busy and I'm idle, it just drives me nuts because last year was so, so intense. (laughs) I don't, it doesn't seem like you have a lot of idle time. I know you just got back from sick week down in florida the first sort of drag and drive event of the year the i think i believe that's the inaugural event with uh, tom bailey leading the way on that 
tell us a little bit about that experience, how that went for you and uh, you know how that compared to some of the other dragon drives you've done. Yeah. So kind of softening on like the, the multiple dragon drives. It's funny because with this year, there is five, six, I think they counted total dragon drive events, which is crazy because previously it was like a one and done. You had a hot rod magazine drag week. That was it. Like that, you know, that was the season. Now there's like a season of dragon drives. So we started, you know, usually those are June at the earliest. So starting in February was a rush to get parts and get cars together. And so it started off kind of, kind of rushed, but super neat to go down and get to start the season early, um, get some testing in. So we actually went down to Bradenton and tested the week before um, sick week. And we found some different problems with the car, nothing major, but we were able to kind of get stuff ironed out before, which was nice because if you guys saw anything from last year, everything was like cutting it close, like pulling up five minutes before right. tech close kind of deal. So like the idea of getting to go down early um, and test and we dynoed the week before, like we went into it pretty confident that the car was good, but I actually always get kind of nervous when stuff is going too well. Cause I know something's going to go wrong, um, which we didn't stop that streak this time, same situation. So um, we tested, we didn't ever get a full pass in. Um, so I was a little nervous there, but going into the week, um, I actually knocked off my fastest pass on, on Monday, which was a 731 at like 196. So I'm knocking on that 200 mile an hour door, knocking down the, the quest for sixes, but it's still, you know, that's still a ways away. And so um, we actually ended up having a rain day the second day and the third day we went in and we thought that we had like the perfect tune. And um, the guy that's helping me tune, uh, Ryan Whitty, he actually works for Holly, but he, we looked at data all the night before. We're like, Oh, we could pick this up here in the 60. We could change this here. And we went in and we were confident. We had a rain day the day before we had some time to think. And uh, I went out, made my first pass and it was just, if every, if something could go wrong, it went wrong. So, um, um, I actually ended my week on Wednesday because uh, we tulipped a valve, which uh, the guys over at AFR actually overnighted me a valve, which thankfully they did because they had sent me a set of valves the week before and I had left them on my shelf at home. I accidentally forgot those, but they, they saved me, sent me a valve. And so I was like, oh, we can fix it. But once we started looking at data, I, we couldn't figure out what actually caused you know, what was the culprit in all this? Because not only did we tulip a valve, we figured that out because we melted a plug. Somehow it didn't get the piston. Uh, just tulip the valve a little bit. Um, we were able to lash it out, drive to the next track. But then we started looking um, on that pass as well. My transmission line melted um, and I have an open trans tunnel. So I had saw the fluid come in the car. Luckily I was able to pull over. It didn't oil the track down too bad. Um, but that was embarrassing. And then um, on top of that, what else happened? Oh man. So we were like having issues getting the car to spool. It was upset in the burnout. Long story short, I think we, and we discovered a problem that's been a problem for a year that we didn't realize we had. And so we ended up calling it. We called the race. We ended up driving the rest of the way. So the 55 drove the rest of the tracks. People are like, why are you driving and not racing? I'm like it's a whole totally different situation to put it on a track and try to get right. 200. Um, so we ended up finishing it, but Tom did a great job hosting it for a first year event. It was impressively ran. It was super smooth. Um, saw the summit truck down there, lots of great vendors set up and everything. And it was, it was very well ran and I'm looking forward to it next year with hopefully less issues. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds very eventful, but not necessarily in a good way, but again, <laughs> Hey, at least it's, it's February and you're in Florida, even though the weather didn't necessarily cooperate the whole week, it's still, it's still nice to get out. And as you mentioned, uh, more and more of these events, uh, you know, sort of popping up. You do a lot of the drag and drives. Um, is this sort of your preferred method of 
competition at this point or is there other avenues you'd like to look into competing in? Well, so previously, like up until 2020, I was in college. So like I didn't, you know, one drag and drive event a year was kind of maxing out my schedule um, as far as like days I could, you know, be away. Well, then the next, so 2021 was my first year to like have a full season without like, you know, events being canceled and stuff like that. And there were so many dragon drives. It once again, that's now maxing out my schedule because there's like, we did three or four. And so then this year I had kind of tried to decide, I was like, what do I want to do? Like, is do what, should I branch off? Should I try something else? Cause there's so many different forms that I haven't got to touch, but I'm like, there's a whole season of dragon drive. So right now where it stands, it's like, I love that world. I love that side of it. I am always open to trying something new. It's just, I have to figure out what that, what that avenue looks like, because it's just like anything. It's in that side, even though it's drag racing is a new world to me. So I don't have the experience and the background in it. You know, I don't have all of those resources yet, but I've always got my eyes open. I want to try some different stuff. And thankfully this year, um, Tom is actually hosting a couple sick the mag shootouts. So like in March, um, in Bradenton during an NMCA race, there'll be a, a shootout. So it'll be a heads up, you know, quote unquote, real race where it's competition, um, with drag and drive cars. So it's going to kind of give me a little bit of a stepping stone into like a different area. Um, and also a little bit more of the competitive, like heads up racing. So I'm excited to try it and, you know, hopefully excited to see where that might lead to. You've obviously got, you have plenty of time to, to explore, you know, new avenues for competition as well. <laughs> so for those that are not as familiar, just give us a little background on how you got to where you're at right now, as far as, you know, you're building awesome cars, you're racing, you're putting out great content. Is this where you kind of saw yourself? Oh, it's kind of funny. Um, That's always a funny question because like when I I grew up in the shop and so when I was younger, I used to say like, oh, I want to work for my dad. But that's, you know, five-year-old Alex. But I loved being hands-on and walking around. I just love spending time there. So I kind of grew up in the shop. Actually, I totally grew up in the shop. I thought cars were like what everybody woke up, ate and breathed and lived. Um, And so cars have been literally my whole life. But it was a lot of streetcar stuff when I was younger. And then when, uh, skip a couple parts, but when I was 14, we started building my my 68 Camaro that I started racing. And it's where I really got hands-on and the whole, you know, actually the build side of it. Um, and so I raced the Camaro off. I drove it to high school, raced it, and took it on my first drag and drive event, Drag Week 2013, with my mom as my co-pilot. And that's the moment that stuff kind of changed. Cause like, honestly, up to that point, I just wanted to go, I just wanted to go fast. I wanted to hang out with my friends. I wanted to drive, you know, a race car and that's what I wanted to do. And I loved getting to build my car. But I remember as I was preparing for Drag Week 2013, I had always I had followed the bank shift unofficial official Drag Week forum for years. And um, it's where everybody that like participated in the event would go and talk. And I had started posting my build on there when I was 15, 16, you know, working into the getting the build. And I didn't realize it, but I saw a lot of people were like, you could see like whatever it was that blogs counted views or hits, or I'm probably messing up the word, but I could see it had a lot of hits, quote unquote, but I didn't think much about it. But I remember the first day I pulled up at, at the event and somebody in the motel parking lot came up and they're like, you're the girl that's got the 68 Camaro. And I'm like, yeah. And that was like that all week. And so it kind of caught me by storm that I walked into something that I didn't realize. Like I was sharing what I loved because I loved it. And then I didn't realize that 
people would be interested in it. And so I didn't recognize that opportunity probably until I was like 19. And that's like a loose recognition. Mm -hmm. But I started posting a little bit more, started sharing a little bit more. I was still doing these events, but I was working for uh, crowd camps at the time and traveling around the country with them. And I'm like, I'm getting to do a lot of cool stuff. Like I should be sharing this. And so I started sharing it, but it wasn't until three years ago that I started my, my YouTube channel and really started focusing on sharing content so I could make this uh, a full time that I'm completely self-employed, but I, I don't have a quote unquote, like normal day job. Um, and so like, it was a couple, it's been, you know, years since I probably three, four years now, since I really realized that I could do something with it, but no, I didn't necessarily see myself here. Um, at the beginning, when I first started college, like I was kind of cursed on the side of like, I was book smart. I graduated college as like valedictorian of my class. Wow. And so like to tell, to tell my teachers that I'm going to go drag race with my friends and like make content, they looked at me like I was crazy because like they expected me to go be a lawyer, which I did go take my LSATs and stuff like that. And, you know, those kind of tests. And so there was like a couple years where I was like, maybe I should go, you know, follow that path of being a lawyer, going to do something like that. Um, but I love cars and I love what I do. And so it's like, no, I'm going to figure out a way to make this work. So everything's a business at the end of the day. And that's, that's how it ended up here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's about following your passion and uh, if that's what you're working in, then uh, the results speak for themselves. Themselves and 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 that passion shows through, and I think that's a, a huge part of why people are really interested in what you're doing, and, and like to follow you and follow your projects and follow you out on the road. So, now speaking of the projects, we mentioned that the quest for the six is 55. Um, again, uh, just a quick background on that project, and I kind of want to get into the car as it stands, and just uh, give people a quick background on that project, and just how did that come about? <laughs> yeah, so previously, as I mentioned, I had a 68 Camaro. It started to 850s. I drove it to high school every day, and so like, there's a lot of history with that car, a lot of personality, but I was tired of running in the 850 class because I had been stuck in that for so long, and like I just am addicted to the speed side of stuff. And so um, dad and I had been like tossing around the ideas and I had full plans last year up until like January. And I was like, you know what, let's put a couple more bars in the Camaro. Let's start it to 750. Let's go, you know, after the sevens, like let's at least break into the sevens with this car. Um, and then what my total plans were, I had everything planned out my whole season. And then my dad called me one day. He's like, I have an idea. Come to the shop. Now keep in mind, this is the end of January, probably calls me. I have an idea. Come to the shop. It's only going to work if you're, you're into it. And so I went to the shop and we stood and we discussed, he's like, why don't we take this 55 Chevy that was sitting behind our lower shop? It was rutted, rusted, rotted. It was rough. It was, you know, it was not going to be any kind of show car. Um, he's like, why don't we take the 55? We'll cut it up. We'll take everything out of my Nova. He had a Nova with a big block Chevy. And he's like, we'll take everything out of my Nova. We'll put it in the 55 and we'll go sixes, which please keep in mind. We don't say that we're going to go out and do sixes. Like it's the easiest thing in the world, but right. we're building it with the intent to be capable of going sixes. And so I'm like, you know what? I like that idea. We'll totally skip the sevens and we'll build something capable for the sixes. And so we start like snowballing this idea over the course of this day. We're like, we could do this. We'll do this. We'll just strip the Nova. We're going to build this 55 so rough and ratty that like when it's all said and done, we'll pull the body off and then sell the chassis and we'll call it a day. Um, and we'll put the Nova back together after we accomplish our goal. Well, that totally snowballed. And you can attest because I called you probably like mid February or I don't know, March and pitched you this idea of, of this 55, but it was like, 
everything snowballed. We ended up building this car to be a 650. It's actually capable to be a 60 cert car, but a 650 car totally changed plans. And we ended up building a full tube chassis car ground up in four months. So it's just me and my dad. We had a couple helpers come in at the, the end of the last two weeks, but our deadline was like, I think mid June, first week of June, it was summit Midwest drags, which I think is the first week of June or it was last year. Um, and so that was our first, first event. We missed the first event and then we made the second half of the second event. But what we ended up doing was it became a full independent um, car. So we only ended up taking the no engine and transmission out of the Nova and putting in the 55. Um, and then we, we built all the fiberglass for the 55, all the carbon fiber pieces. Like we did, you know, all of it in a matter of four months and it was, it's, built to go sixes and now it's my favorite car in the world and I love it so much and I could not imagine taking it apart and selling it and it's a permanent car in the stable so yeah you're not kidding about tearing it apart all the chassis work that went into it with the cage and everything obviously people can go check it out right now Alex Taylor Racing on YouTube we have some posted on allcylinders.com as well, but it really was quite the project. And uh, at some point along the way, I think it dawned on you right before your first event that I'm going to be in this thing and I'm going to be shooting for the sixes. What was that like the first time you hopped behind, behind the wheel of that car? <laughs> it literally like the first time was a blur because you're right. It was like literally a moment that I think I was filming a story that was going to be posted on the Summit Instagram page. And I actually like it hit me in that moment because I looked back at the car and I was like, you know what? It's sitting here in pieces. And in a week, I'm supposed to be going on a quest for the sixes. And it was like in that moment, I was like, it's not this is not fake. Like, this is a real deal. Uh, I went and picked up my driving suit like that same day. And so I was like, this is insane because I had to go to the 15 SFI 15 suit um, because it for methanol. And uh, at that moment, I was like, this is that's when it was real. But it was back to work after that. Like, I didn't have time to think about it. Like, we were cutting things so close. Like, there's days that, or a week probably, that no, there was somebody in the shop constantly. I actually have a time lapse of that. It's pretty cool. But it was, we had to be working night and day, night and day, rotating shifts. So we actually took off to Colorado. We missed our first event, which was Midwest Drags. Took off to Colorado midweek. We missed the starting point, which was devastating. But I actually think it ended up working out for the best. So we're like, well, at least just go. We'll still take the car. We'll still go, you know, make passes. So on the way up there, I'm recovering from like not sleeping for a week. Um, so my mom drove me and somebody drove my dad. We had two vehicles and we drive up there and still I hadn't, you know, I hadn't hit. I'm like, I'm going to be driving a car tomorrow. Well, I didn't get to make it past the first day we were there. I didn't get to make it past the second day. On the last day, we were in a rush. Like we drove the car to the track. I don't know why we were in such a rush because we weren't in competition, but somehow we were still late. So we had left the hotel. We we're making the drive. We had issues on the drive. It was like 200 degrees outside, I feel like. Um, so we pulled over. Like we're just in survival mode still is what my point is here. Like we're just trying to get there. And um, we're five minutes from the track. And my dad's like, you got to pull this car over right now. Like my legs are cramping. Like I need out. We're all beat dead. So I still haven't even thought about driving this car. So finally we pull into the track. We have an hour before the track closes and like stuff is not ready. Like I am probably not ready to be in this car. I have not thought that much about it and not nearly as much as I should. I'm still kind of sleep deprived. And so I'm, I'm in the lanes, I'm suiting up and people are like, you're ready to make a pass. And I'm like, I think so. I don't know. We uh -oh. fought fuel system issues the day before we had so many issues. And I kept telling my dad, I was like, something's not right. I was like, when I try to build boost, I'm like, it's building like 45 pounds. I was like, that is not right. It is not, you know, it is not doing what it should. He's like, we're out of time not pushing me, but like, we don't have time to look at this. 
And I was like, if I go out there right now, it's not going to react right. I was like, it's going to blow the tires off, but sure, we'll go for it. Whatever. It's going to go down the track. So literally like five minutes before we go up, he's like, we forgot to hook up a line, like, you know, a, a reference line. He's like, we forgot to hook it up. So he's like scrambling to like find fittings. We're scrambling to plug it up. And then I hopped in my car and I made a pass and it was like an eight something, like an eight second from the path. And that was the greatest thing ever. Like it went down the track. I came back. I was like, that's so much fun. Like, I can't believe it just worked. It did not work. It was like a mediocre pass at best, but I didn't have time to think about it. Um, it wasn't until like really we went testing later in the year that it finally hit that I was driving like a seven second, six second car. So it's a long story, but yeah, that's it a, was a lot. <laughs> no, like we said at the outset, you know, I mean, that just to, to get in like that, that's a shakedown on basically You're barely <laughs> behind the wheel of the car and you got to get up, you got to make the pass and then you realize something's not quite right. I mean, that's, that's quite a story. In front and of people. That's, that's, gonna be, that's a nice start to get a run under your belt. And now I know you, you said you're in the sevens and you're still moving for the sixes. So you're nearly at 200 miles per hour now. So what's, what's the next step? Is it just more tuning? Well, as I mentioned earlier, we kind of found an issue that I think has been an issue since last year. Um, mm-hmm. And we were trying some stuff like experimental stuff with transmission. Our friend Jake uh, from Jake's Performance, he is just a mastermind when it comes to like just transmissions and understanding how they work as far as like fluid flow and stuff like that. And so he had something that he was trying. It was a different form of a dump valve. Um, it's more like a cut valve for just cutting fluid to the converter to help with spooling. And um, long story short, the way it returns and fills the converter back up, it can cause different you know, issues to happen. We didn't realize it last year because we were not actually using that cut. And um, so we think that we were kind of draining the converter dry. I didn't realize it though, because we ended up amplifying that situation this year because we actually started using the valve. Um, and so long story short, we think that that's been causing some of our issues. Um, so I think this year, if not this year, this past race, we could have ran a six had we found this stuff earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think we're that far off. Somebody's like, you're not making this a quest. Like you're making this a saga. You're dragging this out. I'm like, you got to understand, like to go a six is actually very complicated. Like going from seven thirties to six, like there's a lot, there's a lot right. involved in that. And so one of the things we're trying to make it do is like the guy that's helping me too. he's like, we can make it go six once, but like, we want to make it go sixes consistently and not break stuff and not make it unsafe. And so it's just been trying to understand, like, this is our first big tire car, lots of different chassis tuning, lots of different, you know, methods to that. And, um, it's been just understanding and getting the combination right. Cause last year, the combination was a little bit pieced together because we pulled it out of the Nova um, and just put it straight in the 55. So it's just like finding little situations here and there and fixing it. And I am confident that it is like on the, ver- like it's, it's very capable. Like the mile an hour that we're running is well into the sixes. It's just that we've been working on the 60 foot um, and we're on track with that. So it's just, it's just a process, but I'm trying to enjoy the process. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're not just talking about a six second car. We're talking about one that you're driving from track to track. I mean, there's that element of it too. So, I mean, it is a really, right. it is a unique ask of the car. And I know more and more people are getting into these dragon drives, so it's got to have the reliability and everything else. And uh, people maybe sometimes discount that as well. It's not just a straight six second car, <laughs> but yeah. Exactly. So the, the engine in it from your dad's Nova, what horsepower is it? And tell us a little bit more about that. And just maybe a little bit of a tour of the car itself. Yeah. So I don't have any numbers on it from last year because we didn't ever have it on the dyno. We switched it, but um, 
based on fuel use, I'll just start with horsepower because our chassis dyno numbers the other day were less than impressive, but we had, there's a lot of factors playing into it. Fuel usage wise, we're looking at it right around 2,500 horsepower. Um, it's a 512 big block Chevy. So a little bit small for what it's trying to do, or you might think it's a little small, but a 512 big block Chevy with a cast dart block. No, nothing crazy. It's still got Siamese ports. It's got AFR 18 degree uh, Magnum heads and um, it's got an AFR intake, uh, all Crower, not Crower, all Crower, like rotating assembly as far as crank and rods, then um, ISKI valve train um, or components like cam and lifters and things like that. So all solid roller, but uh, it's got twin ProMod 88 precision turbos on it. Um, we're looking at upgrading to 98s. Precision was out at the races last week. They're like, you need to go to 98. So I don't know, bigger sounds better. I know that there's some uh, efficiency questions with that, but uh, anyways, yeah. So that's where that's at, at right now. And then we've got a turbo 400 uh, with a 210 gear set. We just upgraded to that. That was a change we made this year behind it. Um, it's all big shaft, pro mod shaft size stuff. So fully upgraded as much as we could be on that. So uh, the combination is really not anything like too wild. It's interesting because it's just a cast block with, you know, good heads, but they're not the spread port, you know, nothing like that. Like it is just, you know, your conventional big block. So we're trying to, you know, do something that's not necessarily done frequently, but it's going to work, I think. <laughs> You're a big proponent of just, you know, jumping in and trying new stuff. I think that's probably your advice for somebody that's just getting into the hobby or industry, not to be afraid to try, just get your hands dirty and tackle new challenges. What was uh, something you learned during this build process and what was the biggest challenge for you personally on the build? Oh man, um, everything was uh, was a learning process on the 55 because even though I've been in the shop literally from like weeks old, like I was right in the middle of it. It was like me and my dad, this is the coolest experience because it was the first car that me and my dad 100% built together from the ground up. And I was involved in every single aspect of it every single day. And so like, it was just the neatest thing. Um, so I learned, you know, as far as just building a car on that side, like so many different things that I couldn't even, you know, summarize right here. So, cause I think it was from ground up. So it's not right. just like taking a shell. I mean, it's like chassis and suspension and everything that you can fit into something. And that's what, that's what I learned. So lots of skills, lots of skills were learned there um, as far as like on the side of understanding a build from not a hands-on perspective, but from a money side, the, the work that goes in behind the scenes, that was the hardest thing for me was the balance of stuff because I knew I needed to be out in the shop and working, but at the same time, like I had commitments with companies that I had worked with and things like that. And it was balanced. So like I was trying to like fulfill those obligations and trying to get content out around the 55. Cause that's what the whole the 55 was like based around was like sharing this build and um, sharing how a six second race car is built. And so there was like lots of balance was probably my biggest thing I learned and like patience in the least form of patience possible, but like accepting, you know, that everything's not going to go right in every, every day and every situation, like we missed our deadline, but it ended up working out and, you know, balancing and just time management, which is probably not the answer that you would expect. It'd probably be like, what was the hardest thing? Oh, I don't know. Like welding the chassis, but that was not... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that was all hard physically, but right. for me mentally, it was like, it was balancing and juggling because like 
my dad would take over some hours in the shop, lots of hours in the shop. And I would take over like hours behind the computer, which is like, you can't build a car like that. Like with computers, like, well, I had like, I, that's something I had to be doing. So it was an interesting process. <laughs> yeah. The balance makes perfect sense because obviously you're creating this content and you're building the car, you're driving, you're racing it and you're managing, you know, you're getting set up for these events. And then you mentioned the business side, which, you know, a lot of people don't see. So there's just a lot to it. And I know I asked you, the, I think the last time we talked, what's your kind of favorite part of that, that mix or that formula is. And I think at the time you had said you, you kind of like, you like the content creation, the building, the driving, you like kind of all of it. Is that still the case? Or now that you've been behind the wheel <laughs> more often, are you, is, it, is it all about the racing and competing? I love driving and I never like, it's so funny because like previously, like I hadn't got to experience being a quote unquote driver. And I still kind of like hesitate on saying that because I've always like worked so hard to be hands-on in every aspect of everything. And I still do. But once I started driving the 55, I realized in order to be a good driver, like how much concentration has to be dedicated to it. So um, it's weird, like at the track now where like I hand some of the task over and like my dad, you know, does a lot of maintenance on the car, which when I had the Camaro, like it was just me, like I, he wasn't with me. It was just me doing everything. So it's been kind of odd to turn that over, but it's also allowed me to like focus on, you know, my skills. And I love driving. I love, like, I, I didn't used to be super competitive with it. Like, I was just like, oh, yeah, like, let's have fun. But now I'm like, the competitiveness has come out. And, like, I just, I absolutely love it. And so um, I would say driving is my, my favorite part. And um, with that said, like, I still, like, I love the hands-on. I love being in the shop and working. And so, like, that's where I feel most productive. And I, I enjoy that part too. But then at the same time, like I feel accomplished in a different sense when I'm able to sit down and create content. And so like, as far as like what I love and am passionate the most about, it's probably the driving side, but everything else is what allows me to do that. So I enjoy getting to do that all as well. Um, it's just like, there's, there's multiple hats, like whatever hat I have on that day is what I feel the best accomplishing. Like today, I'll, for example, like I'll be sitting and fully focused on emails and creating videos and mm -hmm. organizing content calendars and stuff like that. And so like that will feel productive today. But then yesterday I needed to organize like merchandise and I needed to go buy shelves at Walmart and assemble them and stuff like that. And so then like on that day, emails didn't feel productive. So it's like, it's a really weird balance. I don't know, but I, I love driving. <laughs> Having the day to day be different. And the fact that you enjoy each and every aspect of that is uh, that's quite a blessing. So, you know, I was going to ask you about plans for the car and, and for this upcoming year, but I'm going to leave that for people to, to tune into your channel and tune into our social channels to kind of stay tuned for what's next. I know you have a full schedule planned and you've got some plans for the 55 as well as maybe some other projects. So I'll leave it to people to tune in to Alex Taylor Racing on YouTube and check it out and as well as our social channels. I do want to ask you about the Dragon Drives though, because they are growing. Do you have advice for somebody that's going on their first Dragon Drive event? It is such a unique uh, ask of, of your vehicle, right? I mean, you, depending <laughs> on what your vehicle is. Yeah, so there are definitely unique events, and the, it depends on depends on the car you're taking. But like my first year at the Camaro was, I had so much fun that year, and by no means was it like a super super fast car. It was a twelve. I think we got in the eleven, so not slow, but not you know just 
where stuff breaks frequently kind of deal. Um, <laughs> so that was a fun year because I just piled tools in my trunk and, and took it and enjoyed with my friends. And so I'd say if you're getting into dragon drive and you have no experience with it previously, I know some people are super competitive. So like the idea of going and like just going to tag along and have fun is probably not an option. So for, if you have the ability and the chance to go with just like a, like, you know, a mild car and get a feel for it. It's always probably a good idea because then you can figure out what the event's like because it's it's different because you have event rules and then this is something we actually struggled with a little bit on Slick Week, not us, but like the event because you have event rules then you have your SFI rules and you have your NHRA rules and track rules and there's so many different rules and uh, the information's out there. So one of the first things is read because a lot of the answers are already out there as far as like advice, which that sounds so stupid, but it, it, it is a, it's a good point. Read your roles and understand where you're at. So that way you're not left sat there on like tech day and you're super confused and start the week off that. So be as prepared as you can ahead of time, like watch stuff, um, read your articles, read your rules, read stuff like that. So you can be, be prepared and know what you're getting into. Uh, and then now there's a lot of people that like share the journeys. And uh, so you can kind of go in and get it behind the scenes. But as far as like actually going on the event, of course, like take all your basics, like your basic tools. But I, it is guaranteed every time dad and I like open the trailer up on day one of the race for like, we forgot X, Y, and Z. And so what we're planning on doing now is like trying to, we have like all of our spares and things like that for the car. Like we try to just gather them up and continually put them in a pile um, so we can load them. So we're still learning, honestly, um, is my point here. And we've done, I've done 16 drag and drive events now, and I am still learning what to do and what to pack and how to minimize. Cause like I end up taking a lot of stuff that's unnecessary. Um, So like, don't really stress yourself out, but it's like trying to take your shop because you can find parts or people have parts but if it's unique and specific to your vehicle take it um and just don't i don't know go and have fun like focus on having fun but try not to go in like upset there's a lot of people that go in upset because they just don't understand what's happening and just go with the flow have a good time and you know compete to the extent that you want to one of the things i've noticed on these events is they are competitive for some folks but it is a community and I've talked to people that have had stories of other competitors helping them out along the way. Maybe they're kind mm-hmm. of on the side of the road or whatever, for whatever reason, and other competitors stop, they go on parts runs for them. So it really is a big community, isn't it? Yeah. The camaraderie that's at the events, I think is one of the most unique aspects of drag and drive. Um, I remember like my first year I left knowing I had to come back just because of how many friends I had made. And like, it was just, it's this unique air. And uh, it was really interesting this time. Um, Wes Buck from Drag Illustrated actually tagged along with us about halfway through the week, joined us and followed along half week. And he actually wrote a really unique post or really interesting post the other day. Like he was like, there's an air to what's happening here. That's like, it's a newness and like, it's fresh and it's exciting and like the camaraderie. And so it's like people that are new to the events that come in and see it. Like, even if you're right in the middle of drag racing, these events are very unique because you'll help your competitor who's stuck on the side of the road. Cause you don't want them to be stuck in the middle of nowhere. Like you'll help them get to the next track. You'll help them fix stuff. So it's just, it's a great community of people. Yeah. Sounds like a, a fantastic opportunity for folks. But Alex, we really appreciate your time. I know you're really busy. You've got a lot going on. Appreciate your time out here to to talk to us today and uh, best of luck. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
This has been the On All Cylinders podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Check out new episodes coming soon at onallcylinders.com. Onallcylinders.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.